Hey, everybody, it's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian, and we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year, that matter. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corder. Camp Nut Butter, thank you so much for being our guide, our angel, home every single night. Bless you. (laughs) Man, I'm I'm really actually jealous of y'all's faces on the sticks. And the twister is, is pretty amazing. Amazing. Better, better for life. I'm sorry, I'm just a little depressed. Because <laughs> it's over. It's a little sad. Okay. <laughs> I feel it. My heart's still beating for you. Even though you don't feel it, it's still beating for you. I miss you. I miss already. You. I miss you already, Bonnaroo. <laughs> Uh, the What Podcast, a podcast for you, the Bonnaroovian, or maybe a future Bonnaroovian, by us, uh, Bonnaroovians. It's Barry Corder from the Chattanooga Times Free Press and Brad Steiner from WDOD Chattanooga Hits 96. Uh, another year in the books. Uh, we got a lot to, I guess, review, a lot to go through, but I think that we should probably start, and if you haven't listened already, I suggest that you hit pause on this right now and go back and listen to Ken Weinstein, who was live at Camp Nut Butter with us a couple of uh, Amen. for a couple of hours. Uh, we he hung out with us for a while and mostly just to drink the moonshine, yeah. but then decided to actually do an actual show with us, and we learned so much from him. I just I can't I can't say enough about how the guys from AC. This might just be their natural disposition. But they're so unbelievably gracious, they're so kind, and they're so able to to talk to us about things that I I just assume that they just don't usually talk about with anybody else. And luckily, they talk to us about it. Yes. And and because of that, we gain so much perspective on, on the inner workings and how this whole thing comes about. I, I totally agree. And I mean, to be honest, the guys from AC have always been nice, from Ashley Caps on down, and, and in some ways... They're just up the road in Knoxville. They have business dealings with some of the venues here. So that connection is a little more natural. Sure. Ken, on the other hand, swims in pretty deep waters, as do those guys. But he's a New York guy, me, uh, big hassle media up there. I guess he, when I hear Ken Wines, I just assume he's AC Entertainment as well, but he's not necessarily. He's not. No, he's not. And you can hear that in the podcast. But he's the guy who runs the media, and he's the guy my contact. And so, to be honest, when I ask a, if he would do the podcast, mm-hmm. and he was so enthusiastic, I was thrilled. And then, you know, I thought, well, let's just go go big and yeah. ask him to come to the camp, and he did. And I think he generally had a great time. And but you're right, the the information that we get from those guys, I mean, I've I've had a week, you've had a week. There's so much rattling around in my head about how that whole weekend went. That's and, right. And that was such a big, big part of it. And, you know, now this is two years in a row 
where basically the highlight of my weekend was somebody coming to camp and doing an interview with us. (laughs) I don't know why that was, but like Ken coming back, first off, to get them off of the grounds because they're so busy, to get them off the grounds and back to camp is unbelievable. Exactly. And then to spend as much time as he did and then be as open and willing to talk to us as he did. That I mean, exactly. Go. I'm just. I don't want you to stop listening to this, but I'm suggesting you hit pause, come back to this, and then go listen to Ken Weinstein, or make it a point before next year to listen to it because it's so informative and it gives you so much perspective that just adds to the Jeff Cuellar chat that we had at the beginning of the season. Exactly. It's a nice way to to round out the entire series of of season two. It all keeps adding up. I totally agree. And you get, like you said, the insight. I mean, and I think. Part of it, and it's not to pat us on the back so much, but I think it fits into that is I think they realize the passion we have. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, well, he sees it. Here's how hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, we don't do this just, you know, because we're getting paid. I know, but that's the, it's that level of, you know, just e- even going out into the beer exchange with, uh, with those guys. I mean, there is passion all over that place yeah. for this festival. And, um, Hey, it was just huge. So let's start with the beer fest. And now that you've uh, listened to uh, Ken Weinstein, hopefully now you're back. Uh, let's start at the the beer exchange with the Camp Redaru guys. Boy, I did not expect that. I did not expect what I was walking into. I mean, it was fun to be like amongst where Bonnaruvians are, where we usually aren't. Right. Uh, that was pretty great to begin with. But secondly, how big that thing has become. It was a. It was mayhem. Organized mayhem, but mayhem. That was the thought, and not specifically to Redaru, but that was the thought I had driving over here, and and even yesterday when we thought we were going to record this yesterday, is, Brad, you and I have done this now 14, 15 years, and I think you commented some months ago on one of these podcasts about how it felt like, it didn't feel like it was that big, Mm -hmm. you know, and we kind of realized it was all the new people. When you walk in with fresh eyes, how massive it is. My takeaway this year was... It just gets bigger. I mean, which part? Everything. The the walking it, obviously, which w- we can make fun of me here in a little bit, because uh, I think that's one of the themes from this year is that you and I had some moments that are probably not our proudest. <laughs> me sitting in a chair, girl talk is yeah. not my proudest. But <laughs> we'll go we'll go over that in a minute. But <laughs> but so mentally. I kind of know the rhythm of it. I know every year it's the same sort of right. thing. So in that sense, it got smaller, but physically the the, the size of it. But when we went out to Camp Redaru for that beer exchange, it just reinforced how massive everything is mm-hmm. and how many people, how many moving parts. And even more than that, a month ago, you and I were, I think we had our list if not written down at least in our minds of all the things we were going to do you Mm. can't do it all yeah you can't come close Mm -hmm. to doing it at all yeah and just getting to camp redaru in and of itself was a chore i mean and had we not had and i hate to say this but had we not had a cart we might not have just we might have just bailed and walked away because we had so much gear that we had to carry in and i mean we were driving around camp uh, pods yeah. I mean, for 20 minutes Ru- looking for Ru- it. Camping. Thank you to Dana at, at Kaleidoscope for making that happen. That cart was, whew. So then we would have never, we wouldn't have made it. So we would have turned around. Then and you find back. it. I, now, I, and looking back on it, it's pretty stupid how we couldn't find it because you just look for the mass of people. Yeah. I mean, there was probably 200 people exchanging beers from all around the country, which was just phenomenal. Yeah. It was really, really well done. And then uh, in the little, uh, behind the, the little DJ booth there, is a pontoon brewing um, a bar that included the beer that was made for Camp Redaru yeah. yeah. and made for our buddies at Repeat Repeat, both of which were phenomenal. And because of that beer share, I want to now drive to Sandy Springs, Georgia and see pontoon brewing just to you know support those guys because they're doing really, yeah. really fun things. If they're willing to get out on board with, with guys like Repeat Repeat and Camp Redaru, I want to support them too. Anytime I'm, I've got a chance. I want to drive to Sandy Springs. And I think you made that point during the podcast of, of again, the guys at AC and Superfly. If you've got a good idea and it's crazy enough, yeah, they're open to they're it. They're open to if it. it fits Isn't that the nuts? Mission, they're open to it. Man, that is that is God, that's such a great point. I didn't even think about that because uh, that is the mark of a of a totally secure brand. Yep. 
I mean, think about all of the people that you probably run into who are so massively insecure just as people. Now imagine brands being insanely insecure. You can't touch this. You can't do that. You can't air this podcast. Right. uh, Because it talks about, never mind. But the insecurity of brands is just rampant. The securities they have of theirs to allow you know us to do this and and yeah. insert people to do this at parties and and artists playing in campsites that's phenomenal man that's what I meant about it got bigger this year it's mm-hmm. just layer after layer of things you don't even I mean we are so insulated in our little world uh, at Camp Nut Butter that I, my, that was sort of my takeaway is there are things going on that we don't even know about right. they're cool things and. Uh, I wish we had more time. I know. I know. I do, too. There's so many things we didn't do. Well, you want to start with your hits or you want to start with your misses? You want to start with the misses since we're already talking about the things we didn't do? Yeah, I think, well, and I asked you this the other day. Let's just start here. Did anybody go to see Jim James? (sighs) Man. Um, (laughs) It never came up. It never even came up. It never even came up as a conversation. I don't mean to pick on Jim James. It was just that was, I mean, that's a highlight, but it was just... I got home and I was like, what, what did we, there was something big. I that totally we didn't even forgot about Jim James. I know. About it. All right. So I don't even know where to begin. Let's, yeah. let's, so, so first off here in a little bit, we're going to talk to uh, Bishop Briggs and Quinn 92. Uh, I think that there's, we go into this thinking that we're going to put all these up immediately. Uh, but you know, because service is tough and because the, you know, schedules are weird, we can't get some of these uh, chats that we have immediately up. Uh, I wish that we could, you know, but we have a staff of, you know, two and a half, yeah, exactly. you know, and the half is, you know, Loading. yeah, <laughs> changes, yeah, changes by the hour. So we can't get everything up that when we want it to. So I guess we just sort of reserved the Bishop Briggs and the Quinn 92 chats for uh, today. We'll talk to them here in a second. It, basically, it was their experiences on site. Uh, one of which was uh, me destroying Bishop Briggs' dressing room. We'll talk about that say. here in a second. But let's let's start with the misses, the things that the things that you wanted to see, the things that you uh, meant to get to, and you never got to. Oh man, uh, I Marin Morris. You never got to Marin. Didn't get to that. Which she had a moment. She had a moment on stage, basically calling out the entire industry, calling out the country music industry. And in fact. I had dinner with her on Thursday, and she said that was one of her favorite moments in her career because she finally got to talk about the guy who would not play her and said that she was never going to work in country music. I thought that was phenomenal. Yeah, I thought that was, I mean, hearing about it is is terrific. Didn't get to see her. God, who else? I I don't even have the list. You had Jim James, of course. Jim James, because that was opposite John Prine. Again, the reason why you find that to be such a miss is because when you went back to camp, you, you know, some people went to some shows, some people went to another. Uh, we didn't hear the name Jim James once, once in the entire festival. And it wasn't like one of those things like, oh, man, somebody comes back to camp. Just saw Jim James. We didn't hear anybody go yeah, to him. Now, I mean. that's this is all like in a vacuum. I understand. Like, so, the, so somebody's experience might be different, but it was it was like a day after where we all said, oh, yeah, Jim James is there. Right. Right. Uh, Miss for me. I. I did a walk by with Cardi B. I wish I had gotten closer. No, you don't. Well, <laughs> you don't. I think for the experience, I, uh, I, mean, I think it's that's going to be one of those talked about shows. Good, bad, whatever. Yeah. Uh, every everyone, when I got home, everyone everyone's talking about it because of the wardrobe malfunction. Exactly. They want to know if I was there for the wardrobe malfunction. Yeah. So, um, so big miss for me, uh, and I'm. It really hurts to say it. I. Preached and preached and preached and preached, and I judged you if you were yes, called you a bad person. I said everything in the world. If you were to miss John Prine, well, <laughs> let's hear it because I totally forgot. I totally forgot. Did you go to the national? Uh, of course, I went to the national. Okay, you yes. that was your other one. Don't miss and Post Malone. I didn't, I missed. I missed both of those. Uh, post, post, yeah, but, I'll tell you why Post didn't do anything for me here in a second, but I missed J- uh, John Prine, and I really feel bad about it. And you went to it and had a f- ball. It was terrific. It was amazing. Brandy Carlisle sang with him, uh, and I wish I probably should look it up. The the girl who sang with him on In Spite of Ourselves did the uh, Iris DeMint uh, version. She was terrific. Mm-hmm. Prine... And I've heard so many people say this. Prine act just looked like he was having a ball. Really? 
Absolutely. I saw that picture you took. It's great. Yeah. It's great. That look on Big his face. Smile. He looks so happy. Yeah. And what? And I think part of it was last year with Angelique Kijo, it was this way, though not to the size. You, And I've never really noticed it before, but you can tell by the number of label people that are backstage. Mm-hmm. And the Prine one was packed. Mm-hmm. It looked like all of the industry was yeah. back there. And I think, um, I, he, you know, he obviously picked up on that. But the crowd, when I actually walked up 10 minutes before, it was kind of light. And then all of a sudden I turned around and it was packed. What a great show. Well, I mean. Uh, well, yeah, that's my kind of my point, though. You can't see and do everything. That's been my takeaway from this this year. Yeah. I tell you, I had just finished with Quinn 92. I had gotten into a conversation. I walked by Casey Musgraves. And it was on the way back to camp, and I just forgot. Yeah. I totally, totally forgot. And, you know, my, my mind was in the one place of just get back to camp, reset, get a bite to eat, and then get back to for the national. And I just totally forgot about you. I'm like a total I dope. Did I did it. Um, all right, so that was my big miss. Now, uh, I will say this in, another, in a different version of a miss. I saw this year more bad shows than I've ever seen a Bonnaroo. Agreed. I might have seen more bad shows this year. Now, granted, I saw some great stuff, and we'll get to the great stuff first. I want to get all the, the negativity out. And sure. I said this on the show that we had at camp. I don't like talking down and, and about shows, and I don't like talking bad about artists, especially when they're on the farm. It feels almost... Uh, it makes me feel a little gross. I don't want to like start dogging people out while they're at Bonnaroo in such a happy place. But, man... I saw more bad shows this year, maybe, than every other Bonnaroo combined. I don't know what it was, but... And I I can start on Thursday. Thursday, Saba stunk. I mean, stunk. 20 minutes of a hype guy, only for Saba to get on on stage. And I couldn't have been more excited about Saba. His mic was over-modulated. The processing was terrible. I, I mean, I got none of the emotion and the feeling like I get out of the album... That show just stunk, and I hate it. Um, I, I Donna, felt- Donna Missile, I just did not have any connection to whatsoever. Yeah. I thought that was just so put on. Whatever she was doing on stage was just so forced, and I mean, sank like a lead balloon for me. I got a different take because I only saw part of it. I think I saw four songs, and I liked it. Yeah, But, but hearing you guys talk about it, there was a lot of talking, right? And it was so much talking of, every, between every song. She yeah. she tried so hard to be an inspirational sort of like flag bearer, and that's cool. I appreciate the, the effort, but dude, yeah, it's it, just not your lane. You don't. There's no point in introducing a song with preaching and then following it up with the basically the exact same message. And I did hear that. Uh, then the the biggest miss of Thursday. And this breaks my heart to say it. Breaks my heart. We dedicated an entire episode to it. The Grand Ole Opry just didn't work. It didn't work, at least the parts that I saw. And I had to bail early because it was boring me to tears. Yeah. Well, now, we, I heard, now, we went to the Camp Redaroo thing the next day, and Mitch said he loved it. Yeah. And a lot of people did, and I think that it, it hit a stride later on in the night. But, man, that first 30, 45 minutes, I was just watching TV. Radio. That's what we determined. It's like watching a radio show being produced and, and radio show with commercials. So there was a lot of dead time, a lot of dead time between bringing acts on and off. And yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It didn't. There was no flow. I didn't love it, but I didn't dislike it yeah. as much as you. All right. So that was the first day. I mean, that, that in and of itself, three, I mean, stinkers for me yeah. uh, to, to start the festival was not the way that I wanted to go. But with that being said, the the hits Peach Pit was so much better than I thought they would yeah, be. They, were they could not have sounded more tight. Well, there was a Johnny B. Good. That, that Johnny B. Good there? cover was terrific. I remember looking around to all of us thinking, that's a good way to start this festival. Well, it's just a smart decision yeah, for them because great. they're young kids and they chose a song that no matter what age you are, you're going to know this song. Yeah, it was a good start. All right, then, uh, then Friday comes and I, again, <laughs> I love Cherry Glazer so much. And I love her voice, but boy, there's just something about the, the tense this year just did not sound right. Yeah, I didn't see it. I, I must have been working. I was totally disengaged because the sound was so weird. If you stepped five feet out of the tent, 
the sound just went, just totally went away. And you could have a basic conversation with someone, and I felt no connection at all. Unless it was an EDM. Man, that, that volume. Really? Well, I don't remember who it was on Saturday night. Yeah. You could feel it. Not just hear it. You could feel it all the way across center room. Interesting. Then I, I, I got my mojo back with Crooked Colors. I liked Crooked. It's the first time I have ever seen a show on the other. Since it's become an EDM stage, Crooked Colors is like the only time I've been able to say, you know what, I can go watch these guys because it's an actual band and they're doing right. stuff that's a little bit more than just the the EDM stuff. But Crooked Colors sounded great. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe it's just that stage. Maybe the other just is so well, the production's so well done there that, you know, you can't see a bad show, but I, I've just never seen one there. It's a little more open to the way they've oriented it. It's sort of throws the music all over camp so uh that uh, set me back up and then parquet courts it damn near was one of the best parquet court shows parquet court shows i've ever seen they just they were so tight and they were having so much fun they threw jello shots out into the crowd <laughs> uh it was a that was a really really fun so now i've got my mojo back on friday right um and then to see the crowd for ajr that, that was, was really great that was pretty terrific yeah, that was great, and they were having a ball. They were they they really were into it. I don't. Yeah, I was really proud of them. That man, that goes back to several years ago when that stage had that many people. It was huge. It was a big crowd. Okay, so then comes. Uh, and I thought they did a really smart show. It was just fun from start to finish. Yeah, they're they're fun kids, and I'm really proud of them. So then becomes something that I probably would talk about for the rest of my life. I have never been so engrossed and so captivated by one human being on stage like I was Childish Gambino. I can't stop thinking about this show. It might go down as not just one of the best headlining sets I've ever seen at Bonnaroo, but damn near one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. I knew it was going to be good. And I knew that I was walking in pretty blind as somebody who doesn't know a lot of his stuff. And I, I sort of kept it that way. I tried to stay away from the zeitgeist of Childish Gambino for a while. I was blown away. Yeah, I've never, never, never felt that so euphoric after a show where I had so little expectations going in to begin with. I couldn't believe it. I well, couldn't that, believe what I watched. That was me. I almost missed it. I ended up somehow separated from all you guys and thought, I'm just going to see how far this badge, these credentials that we have gets me. Mm -hmm. Well, it got me to the front. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, right. I was. Were you in the pit? I was in the pit. I was was there on the rail, remember? I was on the rail. I was on the rail. (laughs) No, it was captivating. It was mesmerizing. And the confidence that he had to hold whatever 65 70,000 people with bare minimum. I right. loved the how minimalistic that stage was. Right. Because uh, it is the, there doesn't need to be anything. There doesn't need to it, be it's anything. It's him. He's the show. He comes out with no shirt in those Which by the right way, rule number 1, if you want me to walk out of your show immediately, take off your stupid shirt. <laughs> and with him, I didn't care. No, it I didn't was care. it was just, it was exposed. That was the whole point, you know? It was just bare. Yeah. Um, but, Boy, that's a real. That's listen to you being very artsy with well, that. That's you know, very good. You, you be a critic for all these yeah, years. You learned that's to, very good. You steal a few things, um, but it was on purpose. It was intentional. And for him to go out in the audience like he did to start out in the audience with that stage up on the scissor lift, it was very good. There was, as you said many times the next day, there was not a wasted moment. That's right, not a wasted effort. That's right. I did say that because every step that he made. Every dance move that he made, every facial expression that he had, every single thing mattered. Yeah. And I love art like that. That's why I like Breaking Bad so much. Every scene matters. Every line matters. Right. Dude, he didn't miss a he didn't miss a spot. And look, um, a, a lot of people can fake authenticity really easy, right? And you get you can see through that within right. a few minutes, right? Dude, there's nothing fake about him. There's mm-hmm. nothing fake. Either he's the greatest actor that's ever existed on the planet, or he's just giving you an exposed wound, an exposed nerve every second that he's on stage. But, you know, I for 
the better part of the first 30 minutes. Didn't even know music was playing. Yeah. I was so enwrapped wrapped around his finger that I didn't even know anything else was going on. Other Isn't than that him. interesting? When you're hyping this up, talking about how it's placed in history, I, I don't remember much of the music either. That's right. <laughs> It was just and, mesmerizing. And it's be, like, because you don't know much of his, his catalog. And again, I don't think his catalog matters. I know. And so I keep comparing that, though it's not fair, to the Brandy Carlisle the next day where the words mattered a lot. Yes, every word every mattered. Every word. And, and the raw emotion in her face. Whereas he's dancing around and doing, you know, everything physically. She mm-hmm. just stood there telling these stories and mm-hmm. talking about her wife and her kids. And, mm-hmm. and wow, the emotion. Um, so, I mean, I don't, unbelievable. I, I was going to, I was going to wait on this Brandy Carlisle thing, but Brandy Carlisle, again, uh, you want to talk about top 10 shows I've ever seen at Bonnaroo? Brandy Carlisle's up there. She's terrific. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe the emotion that, that was pouring through me. I was I turned into an absolute baby. I uh, uh, when she started talking about it being Father's Day and how she wrote this song for her daughter and she wanted to affect every dad who had a daughter. Uh, I looked down the line, yeah. right? I had you, Nick. I saw some other tears just coming uh-huh. down all of your faces. I lost it. I started bawling like a baby. She she like three straight songs. What? The next one she introduced by saying she and her wife had gotten in a fight, and so oh she my god, what, I'm getting chills. I've her, gotten chills about it every time I think about it. Well, she, For a week, I've gotten chills about this Brandy Carlisle show. Well, she had such a great line. She what she gathered up a bottle of wine or something mm-hmm. and went and sat at the piano listening to Joni Mitchell. And then there was a you know how did she say it? it's like we all do? And then she kind of paused and she said maybe it's just the lesbians. <laughs> no. It's all it was, of us. It was it's really all. funny, but uh, I seriously every time I talk about this Brandy Carlisle show, I get chills. Yeah, I'm, I'm was, getting chills right now. It was terrific, uh, and her daughter being five years old the day before, but they hadn't told her yet. I mean, she just—I don't know. It was—it uh, was terrific. And I don't, don't want to. I don't ever want to miss her again. If I have a chance, and and if I have a chance to see her, I can't for the life of me ever miss her again. That's just one of those yeah. feelings that I had that I don't. I don't want to miss again. And it was she's too good. It was nice after the show. The mayor of Manchester and the, an executive with uh, Coffee County came out and presented her with the keys. And they were introduced by our friend Jeff Quayar, who yeah. brought his son out. That which was I cute. thought was That's kind really of a neat Father's I, Day thing. Back, back to Friday. So uh, I finished up with Childish Gambino, which is a big hit. I thought Beach House sounded great uh, for all of the problems that the the tents had this year. Boy, Beach House. I don't know how they fixed it, but boy, they sounded terrific in, on on this. And then, um, then we had a, a little bit of a weird a weird night. Um, we started watching the Super Jam with Grits. Yep. And I did something that I've never done in the history of my Bonnaroo life. You had a nice nappy. I slept on the ground uh-huh. under the screen. Uh huh. In Cineru. Uh-huh. I've never done that before in my life. I feel like I've been baptized by Bonnaroo. <laughs> there were several things that happened this year that had never happened before. How many years? Over a decade of doing this. I finally got baptized by the grass in Cineru. It was it was funny because it was like, just put your head down for a minute. You'll be all right. Gone. I was snoring apparently for about 45 minutes. Yeah, well, you didn't miss a whole, whole lot. Uh, I wasn't overwhelmed by this. Here's what's crazy about that Super Jam. Now, I didn't, of course, I have no right to say because I didn't watch it. I was asleep. But they uh, they added Rainbow Kitten Surprise to the lineup very late. And guess who didn't make it on the stage? They, oh, that didn't even notice. Rainbow Kitten Surprise. Wow. They bumped him. Wow. Remember when we were talking yeah. to Diva Mahal about being bumped from the from the Super Jam? Yeah. Wow. Guess who got bumped? Added late and Rainbow Kitten Surprise never made it on stage. Wow. She did. She was great. Was she? She was terrific. Okay. And and if I'm wrong about that, somebody tell me, but this is what I've 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 yeah. surmised from every Rainbow Kitten Surprise fan that I have. Um, they all say that nope, didn't make it. Wow. Which is nuts. Because we went from there. Was that the night we went from there to Girl Talk? Then we went to Girl Talk. Grew a Girl Talk. And, and I uh, had my Grandpa, moment. Grandpa Barry. <laughs> Grandpa Barry had a little bit of a trouble. 
So we're sitting in the back, and one of our campmates. No, we're not. No, we're, we're standing. standing. Excuse me. One of our campmates disappears, and I'm like, "Well, wonder where she no, went." Whoa, 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 whoa! Wait a second. So we leave the super gym because we all want to go see. Um, what are you talking about? Girl talk. Girl talk. Yeah, sorry. So we all want to go see Girl Talk, which, by the way, the stage looked great. Yeah, uh, that was a really, really nice stage production. So uh, we're standing back towards the back. Uh, so we're walking towards Girl Talk, and, and Barry's moving a little slow now. I'm limping. It's getting to the point where I mean, Hips. it's it's two o'clock in the morning. Barry's pushing it, and he's pushed it all day. Got the nerve. Got the issue, nerve issue. Uh, so uh, we can see it in Barry's face. He's pushing, and we we just want to support him. We just want to support Literally. our guy. <laughs> and so one of our campmates disappears for a while and then comes back with what? A chair. Yeah. <laughs> and I turned to see her coming and it was one of those deflating moments <laughs> that I hope none of you ever have to experience. I was both happy and embarrassed yeah. and sad. Well, we didn't want to get all up in the whole girl talk experience. We were all pretty beat after that. Well, so. it's kind of it. Um, Hillary and Bradley went, did go down there because they wanted to dance, and just so happened that was the moment when he decided to give birth to something. What? Remember, he started screaming. You don't remember? He, I mean, I just woke up from a nap. Uh, I don't remember a lot. He started screaming like like those old primal scream therapy sessions or like he was giving birth. He did like five times, and Hillary came back. And she's like, I don't know what just happened, but that got weird. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't remember that. So, uh, those are my hits for um, for Friday, and then Saturday uh, rolls around, and uh, you went to see Diva Mahal. I didn't actually. Really? No, I missed. Big her. miss on Diva. I huh? missed, and I was happy to have seen her with the uh, Super Jam, so I didn't feel too too bad. Yeah, she was terrific. But yeah, I think that was another work issue kind of thing. Yeah, I had a lot to to get done. I really. Now that I'm looking at the schedule, I don't know what in the world I did until four o'clock that day. Yeah. I really don't remember. That's what I'm, yeah. I don't. <laughs> Again, that's what I mean. There were so many, we oh, Saturday all had was plans. Camp Redaroo. That's we what we did. We went to Redaroo. Yeah, we went to the beer exchange. That that's took us, what. We left, um, and again, thanks to Dana and, and I think Hope. We were there a lot was, longer than we thought because it was so much fun. Well, it took us 45 minutes to get there. And then we were there an hour. It was fun. And then so, we came back, and it was terrific. So I'm really upset. I miss Rebel Bucket because I love her. She's got such a great voice. Miss Diva Mahal. Miss Rustin Kelly. Miss Chelsea Cutler. Uh, made it to Unknown Mortal Orchestra. Loved that. They sounded terrific. Uh, got to see about 30 minutes of Bishop Briggs. And then after Bishop Briggs, we got to talk to her about her show at Bonnaroo. This was our conversation with Bishop Briggs, and then I'll tell you a little story mm-hmm. about what happened once the <laughs> once this <laughs> conversation was over. Bishop Briggs on the What Podcast. First Bonnaroo ever. Let's just start there. Okay. Um, right. You're so excited about it. Why? Yes. What about it? What do you, I mean, yeah, what do you know about it? What do you hear about it? Well, it's such an iconic festival, um, and... Uh, it was on my bucket list of festivals to play, and um, I also really liked the stage I was on because um, it had just a sea. It was like a sea of people. That was so unreal to experience. Yeah. yeah. When you say you you couldn't afford to even go to music festivals, yes. I mean, what would you have chosen if you had actually had the money? Well, I have well, to say Bonnaroo. Wait, what? <laughs> no. Yes, of course I have to say Bonnaroo. What do you mean? Where are you from, though? Where am I from? Yeah. Uh, so I was born in London, but I grew up in Japan and Hong Kong. Natural fit with Manchester, Tennessee. Wow. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and I moved to uh, LA in yeah. 2010. And then when 2010 hits, uh, you start uh, writing songs. And uh, is it an internet thing? How'd you break through? How'd it work? Oh well, I was writing songs before that, um, but. Uh, I basically started performing around LA for five years um, each night, every couple of nights. Uh, I was also a babysitter, you know, seven days a week, what up? And um, yeah, and, and I was really fortunate that one of my songs got placed in a Acura commercial right. during the Super Bowl. And then the buzz started, right? And the buzz about, uh, like, it was just a name for me. Like, I kept hearing Bishop Briggs. Really? Bishop, yeah. And uh, it was it was sort of like the Billie Eilish thing. Uh, like, they just kept saying, Billie Eilish, the same way they said your name, over and over and over. Like, we, She's and amazing. It, and it always came with, 
man, but she's such an enigma. We don't know what to do with her. We don't know what to okay. do with her. Okay. Um, and then when I saw the show, I realized it because you have such a different take on what's happening, and you're doing it in a di- much different way. We keep saying it over and over on this thing, on this show. It's all about vulnerability, mm. and you're not afraid of being completely vulnerable with everything that you do. <sighs> it's my goal. It's my ultimate goal because I think as a human being, being honest and using your vulnerability as power, um, I think it just adds a pureness to life that maybe isn't always there. What about, you, you were talking about how you got here and that process uh, on top of that. The, I think sometimes people forget artists are people. You were a babysitter. You had to make a, <laughs> yes. you know, you had to have yes. run around money, right? Yes. And then the online thing and then a dream this thing has been around so long that I think we take it for granted sometimes that we forget that there are people here who weren't born <laughs> when we started. When it had started, <laughs> you know, and so for you to grow up to want to be at something like this and then to be here, what's that process been like for you to get from babysitting to here? Well, um, during the babysitting days, for the record, I would play at night. So after I finished babysitting... Take the babies with you. Let's <laughs> <laughs> well, go. He was two years old. Um, oh, he's going to be fine. Let him run bar. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, okay, but to answer your question, um, I mean... For me, this has always been a soul purpose thing. Uh, writing is something that um, I, of course, want to do, but it's also something that I really need. Um, it's a form of therapy for me and a form of expression. And um, I always want to have that wide-eyed excitement. Um, and I do get really emotional when I—I I mean, I—I I have so much. I feel as though <laughs> I have so much more experience of of performing to people that are checking their phones. You know. Like, t- like looking away. Um, that to hear people singing along or like showing up in the middle of a hot day, like, I, I, and that's the thing. I think I would be grateful regardless, but I also I kind of have the blessing and the curse of um, my experience. So like, you know, I'm not the person that you're gonna find complaining about a green room because there is a green room, okay? There is yeah. a green room, like that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. One. It has a file cabinet and there's, everything. There's a file cabinet <laughs> with, the, with the key here. Um, yeah, but, uh, and there's, by the way, something that they don't really talk about, yeah. which can we talk about? I get so much free Topo Chico. You should. It's on my rider. And I know that means it's technically not free, okay? Comes out of something. It definitely comes out of my Yeah, it comes out of my budget. But I'm just saying sometimes you guys I get a free Chopa Chico. Nice. Yeah. So we all have our thing. Do you actually go to therapy? Yes. Do you? Yeah, I regular thing? Yeah, I started going two years ago and it changed my life. It changed every aspect of my life because I think there's something really mind-blowing about saying things out loud because sometimes when you say things out loud you realize how ridiculous they are that like certain people are still in your life or that you're working with someone that clearly isn't healthy for you because you can't defend when you're in that therapy moment you actually can't defend it 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 was exactly the same moment that i had it changed my life too and and there's a stigma around it that we always get like guys it's okay yeah. Just go. Oh, yeah. And, and frankly, somebody like me, I really like talking about myself. <laughs> and once you do, you realize, geez, I suck. <laughs> I mean, if that that's good. your experience, wasn't mine. Yeah, well, uh, no. I realize, like, man, the more I talk about myself, I really got to stop. Oh, my God. Well, it definitely, it can, it can make you realize why you are feeling the need to prove yourself every time you open your yeah. mouth. And I think that's very right. helpful. Is that the difference or where it takes it maybe to another level to just songwriting because songwriting for a lot of people is therapy it is going to therapy because you're talking about your emotions but it's the the feedback I guess would be from fans whereas now you're talking to somebody who's analyzing it well here's the thing I think sometimes when you tour so writing yes is therapeutic but then when you tour it's kind of like the opposite of therapy because you're just repeating yourself every night Mm. You know, you're not, like, realizing things. But it could be therapeutic. That's what I mean, the feedback type It is. Of thing. Okay. You yes, you guys, it is therapeutic, but I'm also saying it can make you go manic. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Because ah, you're gotcha. reliving. You're stuck. I mean, for me. It's Groundhog Day. I, I, it's Groundhog Well, in the sense, for me, I am, like, I go back to where I was 
what emotion I was feeling. Does that make sense? Absolutely. We yeah. I do a weekly show with local musicians where they come in and play, and, and on the several of the last ones, people have written songs about losing a parent or a wow. loved one or something. And I mean, there's tears that well yeah. up. And it's one thing to be, you know, 20 rows back or whatever and feel the emotion of a song, but to be sitting one-on-one, two feet away from Acoustic. somebody, watching them literally talk about a family member they just lost, yes. you really see that vulnerability. Yeah, and I think and, we... And that what you just said, man, why do I want to do that every <laughs> night? <laughs> but you do, and, and there is something therapeutic about, I think, what you're saying with the feedback and knowing that by saying it or singing it that maybe people feel less alone by listening and that's the kind of my goal is that hopefully people feel less alone so if there was one that that uh hurts the most or is the hardest to get through still what song is it oh um for recently um because it's a brand new song it's a song called tattooed on my heart that i played at the show do you yeah. guys remember yeah. you're gonna pretend no which one was it? I, I, oh my no, gosh you guys no. what i know oh. so so i got uh, i got 30 minutes in I got 30 oh minutes my in. god I what I, it's, hey it's bonnaroo you got a lot of places <laughs> to go you got a lot of places okay to go. Well, well i'll tell you this what we didn't have the last time i saw you was a chorus behind you yes there was you a didn't choir. have that there you didn't have choir. that last time i there saw you there was a choir that came out yes um, but the second to last song yeah, um, was this song called Tattooed on My Heart. And um, it was this song that I wrote a couple of months ago. And so it wow. feels it so fresh. And same with uh, actually Higher, the sure. song that had the choir. Sure. Um, I think both of those, um, they are just so fresh. Um, and uh, yeah, th- those are raw for it's sure. interesting to hear you talk about connecting with people because we just talked to Quinn, uh, Quinn earlier and he was saying the same thing. And, and we hear, I've heard it from a lot of artists is getting that feedback from somebody who says you helped me type of thing yes I don't know that people start out writing songs for that reason they're they're trying totally they're trying to they're trying to release what is going on yeah and and trying to understand what is happening that has to be so powerful to have written something probably alone in a room whatever you know not thinking anyone would ever get it and you kind of have to tell yourself that no one will hear it too right and have people come back and say, wow, that really touched me. It that is to me. all the goals. <laughs> it really is. It's such a dream. It's yeah. such a dream. And you've got this thing where it's it's all authentic. And mm-hmm. I think that the reason why you connect as well as uh, you do, at least for me, is because uh, I never feel a second when I'm watching you. are like, this is such a cool one. And it's so it, it, it's so rare. We don't have many of them. Yeah. And uh, we're finally in the industry getting back to that. We're I think so, too. Yeah, I think we I kind of had a moment where things were... A little bit manufactured yeah. and then I think people started realizing how to do that like maybe it was even like how to edit vocals and how to cut things and how to right. edit videos and like slow things down speed things up that now I my hope is that people are wanting like that Amy Winehouse thing you right. know where Absolutely. it was just like it's just telling the truth Absolutely. it wasn't protecting the guy it wasn't yeah. protecting herself it was just telling the truth yeah, yeah. I mean, and, just... and there, there are people like you doing it and then on the complete other end there like Lizzo. Oh my god, Lizzo. Her. Oh my god, Lizzo. It's killing it right now. Her. For exactly the same reason. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You yeah. know, no, no. I know the entire Truth Hurts song. Oh yeah, who doesn't? Okay, well, I, I, I mean, special. Even, I mean, no, but, but, no, but even I say, like, right. I walked down the road, like, I took a DNA test. I'm 100% that bitch, too. He does. <laughs> I am that bitch. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, she she's someone that, that I just, I look up to so much, and uh, she's just incredible. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. There's, you guys are there. You guys oh, are there. And the industry yeah. is seeing you, like, just uh, nibbling at the edges, and they're, it's about to happen. I feel like it's about uh, to happen at some point. So well, it's, it's we've talked about it a bunch. I mean, it's not an accident, right? I mean, that's been a common theme with a lot of artists that we've talked to. And I don't think we intentionally went after that. We mm. just settled on the artists that touched us that way. Yeah. We, we so. do have a common theme, and it's not a rhyme or a reason, but we find the ones that, that yeah. exactly that's what that. we seem to land on. Too. Hey, thank you. Oh, thank, thank you, you guys. So thank really you. Thank you for so coming to this luxurious room. I mean, this, <laughs> this, is, this is the swankiest we've had you so far. You can take Topo Chico for the road. I you're mean, right. you're sitting on the Topo Chico's, but you can take yeah. them for the road. Who, who knew that Camp Nut Butter had better accommodations? <laughs> <laughs> who knew? Oh, my God. Bishop Briggs uh, brought out about 200 choir members for this song, and it was absolutely gorgeous. Telling you, she just got this voice and she's got this stage presence. It's, in, I mean, totally engrossing. She's, 
I'm tell- I don't know. I love her. And the first thing that she did when we walked into her dressing room after the show? Big hugs. Big hugs. She might be the nicest person. She is so sweet. And it's also, it, like, it's almost, she's so nice, it's almost a little bit debilitating. Like, I don't know how to talk to her because she's just so sweet. She's super, super nice and engaging. Talk to us like we've known her our whole lives. Forever. Yeah. yeah. Welcomed oh. us into the dressing room. And she's just so pretty. She's so pretty. She's so pretty. And then you embarrassed. Okay, so <laughs> this was the second stupidest moment of my Bonnaroo this year. All right, so she's talking about how much she loves Topa Chico, right? She mentioned in the interview that she keeps getting free Topa Chico. So it's yep. the best part of the whole experience. I mean, I don't know why she's excited about Topa Chico and not the she booze, excited, but whatever. Right? She loves the Topa Chico. All right, so she doesn't have a bottle opener to open the Topa Chico, and I wish you were recording this. Uh, but yeah, well, so here's how it happened. So the interview in, in, in this trailer is a trailer in name only. It's as big as the couch and the ice chest full of Topa Chico yeah. and a countertop. And that's it. It's I tiny. sat, I sat on the cooler. That's how small <laughs> this thing is. So it ends and she's like, you guys got to get a Topa Chico. Well, no, 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 we can't take, it, you know, and I'm starting to pack up my recorder, got my back. And and then she hands you one of these bottles and doesn't have a, a bottle opener. Doesn't have a bottle so opener. Brad goes frat guy. Well, she says I she goes something to the effect of, Can't you just open it like on the like the corner of the, the tick? Can't you just like, Yeah, I can do that. I did it all the time in college. Watch this. <laughs> Which by the way, hey, watch this is the start of every terrible decision you've ever made. All right, so I go to put it on the corner of the table and I was gonna pop the cap off, you know, you put it to the corner and pop the cap. Well, when I did that, the cap grabbed the side of the panel and ripped the paneling yeah. off of the countertop. Took, took the molding. Took, <laughs> took the molding, the molding off. right off of the countertop. And she just looked straight down with horror on her face and she said, I'll be charged for that. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, if that wasn't bad enough. Yeah. Her, yeah then it, to, to fix it, well, it gets I, worse. Well, the, her manager, whoever was there with her, said she wanted one too. And I was like, well, I, I'll just open it. And she's like, well, don't use the countertop. I was like, well, I mean, it's already broken anyway. It's not going to matter. So I might as well just use the countertop that's already here. And so when I go to open, pop the same top, do the same thing, it slips out of my hand. Topo Chico literally flies four feet away in the air. Topo Chico is flying everywhere. Yep. And the entire trailer and now is covered Yep. And a bottle full of Topo Chico. I look down between my feet and there's a spinning bottle of Topo Chico. <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> Fizz. <laughs> All right. So then I panic and I start looking for a, some sort of paper towel or something to wipe all this up. And Bishop Briggs just looks me in the eye and she says, just go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get it. Just go. She's literally now standing by the door. <laughs> Like, um, like the hostess who won't, you know. You, you think I left on good on a good term, though? You think we left on good terms? Memorable. Okay. She remembers us. I'm pretty sure of that. I couldn't pack that bag fast enough. It's like, Brad, let's just go, please. It was okay at the end of it, though. I mean, we're still friends, you think, right? Yeah, we. there were hugs. There were hugs. I don't know if I got a hug. I got a hug. Okay. But I think it was more of a push. <laughs> it's a fine line between hug and push, isn't it? <laughs> Hands on the shoulders, push. Okay, then, uh, so Saturday uh, continues, uh, Bishop Briggs then went to uh, Quinn 92. Again, I, Quinn 92 is so good. We talked to him uh, shortly before his performance. We left Bishop Briggs and then went straight to Quinn 92. Quinn 92 is very underrated. I love him as a lyricist. I think he's writing really interesting, heartbreaking uh, uh, songs, but he's wrapping them up in, into, you know, fun, youthful hip-hop right. beats. So, um, he continued that same theme that we had. We had started weeks ago interviewing uh, Patrick and DeLacy, who didn't make it, by the way. But uh, that whole write what you know, write what you feel, write for yourself. And, and don't be afraid of being goes. vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this was Quinn 92 backstage at Bonnaroo on the What Podcast. Where are you from? I'm from Detroit. Okay. Yeah. So too far from here, but I live in California now. So. I don't get to come over here as much as often as I want to. I I am uh, I couldn't be more excited to meet you. Thanks, dude. Uh, because 
I, I don't know if there's a way to describe you. I've tried to describe you many different ways to many different people, and it yeah, never yeah. works out. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a, uh, I don't have a, I don't have a right line. Yeah. But all I know is I tell them every time. It doesn't matter what the the genre is. It's like nothing but vulnerability. Thank you, man. And That's I love that. Yeah, thank you. I absolutely love how vulnerable you are. Thank you so much. I, yeah, dude. It, it, it's I feel like like kind of piggyback off what you said there's never I, I struggle with describing to people what my music sounds like so uh, I kind of call it uh, melting pop like a melting pot but it's pop music in a way uh, but that yeah I try to be as vulnerable as possible so I'm happy you picked up on that so yeah. that's, cool, that's what connects with people though, yeah, right? yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter how yeah. it's packaged totally I it's... think fans, fans are really smart and you know I, I think if they see something that is a little phony or they don't believe is the real the real emotion that the artist is trying to convey I think they'll go on to the next thing, and I think they they understand that at least what I'm doing is, is real and vulnerable, and I think I think they appreciate that. And I, so I, nice. we get uh, we get lost on process a lot. Yeah. So we dork out on stuff like you know the process of Bonnaroo, but the process of like writing uh, songs and then uh, getting them into somebody's uh, hemisphere. Yeah. How in the world do you uh, transition from what you're doing into like a radio thing? How do you transition to pop culture? How do you transition? How do you break through? What I try the... to. It's really tough because I I feel like I'm my music rides a very yeah. fine line between mainstream and, and kind of left the center indie stuff. So, Red pill. Yeah, exactly, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right there you go. You're taking a lot of pills. Yeah, no, <laughs> it doesn't but, really uh, work. It doesn't work exactly. Yeah. It doesn't, like, some some audiences that won't apply to. But yeah, yeah, I try and not think about it too much. Honestly, I just want to stay myself as much as possible. I, I would rather the mainstream come knocking at my sure. door than me applying to what they're listening to. And yeah, I try to go. We've had a couple of guests. It's funny that a couple of the guests that we've had on this show have talked about how that vulnerability uh, made them a little bit nervous at first. And DeLacy was one who said she was writing just for herself and didn't care if anybody else heard it. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah. Uh, That sort of putting yourself out there is kind of scary, right? Oh, totally. I mean, this last album I put out, it was the first time I ever really opened up about my, my episodes with depression and anxiety and but in a weird way it was very therapeutic and it like like you said like it can be very scary but I think knowing that thousands of kids out there want to hear that and are going through the same thing it gives someone like me the courage to talk about it so yeah is that something you had was there an artist that you connected with that said wow that song's for me yeah for me it was thing. Kid Cudi for me I, hit, wow. I, thought, I thought his whole music was very very vulnerable and, and I can't even give you one song I think I think his whole discography is very interesting and very self-reflective and you know you, just, you could have said a thousand names I never yeah. would have guessed Kid really, really? Yeah. oh dude he's one of my he's probably my my hero in the, in the, in the music wow. in the music world yeah but and just in, awesome. in the sense where he took his like creativity and you know he just was putting out stuff that nobody was sounding like but also saying things that no, nobody was saying and so for, he was the first guy I was like holy shit you know this is this is really special so yeah. You said uh, uh, something to the effect of riddle anxiety and um, neuroses or whatever, but or vulnerability. Yeah. But you're married now. I just got married. Dude. How'd yeah. it go? I guess it was, it was great. Yeah. Okay. It, uh, I guess yeah, things are going well. I just got back from my honeymoon, so where'd you go? I went to Italy, so um, no shit. I'm, I'm like, you're high, full of you're pasta high. and you know, nice. and, and yeah. marinara and all that stuff. So I'm hopefully not going to throw up today. He's, on stage, he's but, high on honeymoon, guys. Yes. He's high on honeymoon. Yes. 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 So yes. Is there now that you've you sort of written that and you, you're hearing, I guess, from kids who are thanking you for your music? What does that do? Does it add, does it change at all the dynamic for you now? Is there pressure? Is there you know? Yeah, I know what you're asking. I think there is a bit of pressure. I mean, for the most part, there's not pressure because I think I've been able to realize that all my fans are so accepting of what I want to, what I choose to talk about as an artist. But there is a there is a sense of pressure in the sense that I want to keep helping people, and I think. Now that I've gotten that sort of that uh, that feeling of what music can really do for people, like this last album really impacted a lot of people for the better in, in, in terms of mental health. And now that I know that's really a thing, uh, I, I want to keep using music as that kind of tool. So I think there's a sense of pressure that I want to keep, um, you know, connecting with people on that level. But for the most part, not really. You know, yeah. I think my fans are so cool and accepting and good, good people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's your first Bonnaroo. It's my first Bonnaroo. First, first time here as, as, insane. A, as a person. Yeah, so I'm super, <laughs> what, super psyched. Coming from Detroit, did you, what had you ever heard of Bonnaroo? What, what was the idea behind it? That, I mean, the, the impression, I guess. Yeah, the impression that I guess I got as an outsider was like a big camping festival, you know, thousands of people just like intense and doing it how festivals should be done. You know, right. no, no showers for three days, four days. It's like well, a five-day festival, actually. So. I go to a hotel every yeah, other yeah. day. So. I, mean, I mean, look, I'm the same way. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not out here camping with the, with the, real, with the real festival goers, but... 
I really appreciate the fact that I mean there's a festival too in Michigan called um, Electric Forest yep. and, and Electric it's Forest. in the same sense yep. where people really go all out and they just kind of leave their inhibitions at the door and they just you know they just they just really embrace themselves at the festival for well for they're giving you a lot they're yeah, giving exactly. you a lot yeah, and yeah. Uh, they expect you to give them back just as much 100%. isn't that nuts they should, no they, they deserve more you know so it's, that's it's, that's it's, the beauty of this yeah. entire experience like we, we know we know that every person out there is giving every ounce that they have totally. and that's why every show here is so much better totally so I, everybody I, tries to bring it a little bit different level yep bring, yeah, I believe bring it a little different and we've talked about the fact that fact that we are here camping there's a commitment level that's different than some of the others and so the artist feels that but also the chance to put yourself in front of fans who you know we're here to see yeah gambino yeah right right now Casey it's Musgrave, your chance yeah, yeah. john prine and i now think that's the in front of them too yeah i think that's the best thing about festivals is you get to you get to make new fans and perform for people that probably have no idea who you are but that's, that's, the, most that's of the beautiful it. thing about yeah. festivals you know and you saying tonight you seen the whole thing uh, I'm hopefully saying tonight yeah we uh, we play at 6.30 tonight and then I'm hopefully going to stick around what, what are you saying I want to see Casey play I want to see awesome. I want to see Post Malone I want to see um, but you're a hip hop guy so yeah yeah so, okay so we talk about lanes a lot on this uh, yeah. thing so uh, if you were to find your headliner that you'd follow all the way through the festival would it yeah. be Post Malone of uh, this festival yeah it pro- I mean I don't know you know what's so funny is like I, I'm a big Post fan but like someone like again Casey Musgraves like can put Two out such totally a it doesn't things. really yeah exactly and I think for me it's like it doesn't matter what genre it is as long as the music's just like undeniably special yeah I'll, I'll chase that person around so that's awesome yeah it's right like and real yeah exactly there you go uh-huh. putting, them, putting themselves out there well yeah. don't get the eye tattoos that's all I say nah, don't I, get the eye I don't think I can pull that out I think <laughs> I think Post can get away with that not me though yeah, yeah you're doing fine in Michigan yeah I got a couple small ones but, Michigan, yeah exactly I'm actually glad you picked this up my dad always thought it was a whale because I turned it this way and he's like what the hell is no dad I didn't date her yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. It was nice meeting you. This yeah. is really exciting. Yeah, I, I can't wait to... You were a late draw for me. Right. I, when I found you, I was really, really excited. Thanks, man. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It was great talking to you guys. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, it was great. Appreciate it. Yeah, it great. Thank you so much. From the Mac DeMarco School of Dressing, uh, Quinn92, who, uh, you know, sometimes I do want to shake some people that I really like, and I want them to just start taking their stage presence seriously. <laughs> I like him so much, but you got to put on some clothes, bro. You gotta put on something that makes me seem like you're actually caring about being here. If that's the only that's the only critique that I have of him. Other than that, I loved it. I really did love it a lot. Yeah, he was great. He was great. Great interview. But I know what you're saying when he walked up. I was like, okay, where's I honestly I was calling his manager. He was standing right next to me and I didn't even <laughs> notice. Both of them. I'm like, oh my God, that's Quinn. And it's because he's like I thought he was gonna change clothes when we talked to him, but no, that's exactly yeah. what he wore he is who he all is. day. Yeah. All right. Who he is. Uh so then the national show was uh, tremendous. Uh I absolutely, absolutely loved it. It just keeps getting better. That light show is so good. And then post Malone. Now I'm not gonna say anything bad about the post Malone show, but let me say this. After a night of childish Gambino, watching what he did on stage by himself, post Malone, like I spent twenty minutes with this and I'm like, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. I didn't care. That's how good Childish was. I could have pulled a, a, a Paul McCartney and just left after the Childish show. It was so good. But Post Malone is, you're doing, you're a hip hop show and you're standing there by yourself. I saw that last night and yeah. I saw it done 10 times better. Well, speaking of, and we, we had mentioned this last week, we were going to talk about it. I'm not into the hype man thing. If you got to eat up 10 minutes of your show, with a hype man. I mean, I get the idea of it, but I don't like it. And I don't like the hip hop shows with somebody yelling, stand up and scream. Mm -hmm. I mean, man, I've been hearing that for 35 years. Somebody's got to come up with something different and better. Yeah. Uh, After Post Malone, a lot of people did uh, Lonely Island. You know, I didn't. And then Claro. I did Claro instead because I, man, she's got something. She's got something that just tears me apart how good she is. I'll be honest though. That was a very weird time for her. I don't understand the idea of putting that sound on at 12.20 at night. Mm. I liked it, frankly. I liked it uh, a lot more than than a lot of people I was with. But again, it's a timing issue. I don't think they did her any favors by putting her on at at 12.30, 12.45 at night. It just is not the sound that I'm looking for at that that point. So, um, you know, I, I don't know how many people felt about Claro. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I missed it because we were, I'm remembering now, back at camp. Well, we, then We were playing host. Yeah, and then we left Claro, and uh, we had some people back at camp that we wanted to see and hang out with. And boy, 
did we hang out? Yes. We oh did. my goodness. It was a proverbial shit show. <laughs> Absolute <laughs> disaster. So uh, we a lot take of fun. a former guest of the uh, What Podcast, Jim Burris, who uh, is uh, one of the guys at uh, Columbia Records. Then we take him. I don't think he wants anybody to know this, but I'm making it clear. We took him to Gucci Mane. We Gucci Mane, got him, him dancing at Gucci Mane. His son, uh, Logan. Yep. It was, what, 2.30? We head on over to Gucci Mane. And Barry we, didn't even need a chair. Didn't he? Oh, I was dancing. So was, uh, did Gucci Mane. Time. Then we spent some time at the, the Calliope stage. Calliope stage. We watched the uh, fireworks there. That was a lot of fun. And then uh, that was uh, pretty much it for the rest of the night. And then we got to Sunday. And Sunday um, set up essentially like I thought it was going to set up in a lot of stuff that if I see it, I see it. If I don't, I don't. That was a weird day because it was predicting rain early. And I have to admit, I was considering leaving because I was not going to stay yeah. and fight rain. Yeah, I had to keep you there. I literally had to, to chain you to camp. And to to then it cleared up. And what a what a horrible decision that would have been had I left. I would uh, have so, missed Ken. I would have missed Brandy Carlisle. Yeah, we, we had Ken come by the, the, the camp. And again, if you haven't listened to it, pause this, go back and listen to it. I'm going to pass everything before Brandy Carlisle because none of it matters. Yeah. I mean, it could have been... It doesn't matter who's there. That Brandy Carlisle show is absolutely unbelievable. If you're in and around Chattanooga, figure out a way to get Moon River tickets yeah. because she's coming to Chattanooga. And if, even if you're not, find a way to see her because there's something religious that happens to you at that show. Very, very good. And she has the uh, we had a, we had we did have a kind of a laugh because the twins, so the bass player and guitar player that play for. Mm-hmm. I, remember, I said they kind of kind of creepy looking and. Yeah, Nick said they look like the twins from the Matrix. <laughs> and then uh, they are very, very talented and a big part of the show. And then it was sort of like the rest of the night was just total eye roll for me. The rest of the day, look, I don't even remember. I like Little Dicky, but that oh, show that was stunk. It stunk again. The hype man. He didn't even. He started late, came out late or later than advertised. Then ten minutes of hype man. I mean, cool. It's it's funny, That's fine. but you took your pants off. How funny can it be if you keep taking your pants off? And then he he did the national anthem, which I'm not exactly because he sure. doesn't have material. That's that's the only thing I could think. He of. He talked for 15 minutes in between every song because he has no songs. Right, right. And then you do. Then this is what makes me so mad. The biggest song that you have, Pillow Talk. You did 90 seconds of it. It's a nine minute song. You did 90 seconds of it. It's the one that everybody wants to hear. And dismissed it with a simple. That song's eleven, or the real song's eleven minutes. Like I'm yeah, that, not gonna I know. do the other. I want to hear eleven minutes. Then exactly. Cardi B. I don't even want to talk about Cardi B because something really bad happened at Cardi B. We saw somebody mm. fall out and get escorted out. And it was a very traumatic thing. So we left Cardi B early. But we yeah, eventually you guys was, came back pretty traumatized. We were really traumatized, and we just needed a reset. But once we reset, and everybody's heard about the Cardi B nonsense, so there's no re- reason to get back into it. But then I went back and saw my first uh, fish show. And so now I can physically now say I've been to see Fish, and I stayed for it. I gave it a good 90 minutes. I gave it every shot in the world, 90 minutes. So if you're a Fish fan, you tell me how that Sunday show went for you. I'm not going to give you my opinion on it. I want to hear what you have to say. Tell us at thewhatpodcast.com because I have nothing to say about it. I don't even remember what I did Sunday night. <laughs> I know I didn't go to that. Uh, Yeah, so there you go. That was it. And then uh, Monday came around and, you know, it's, it's been a very, very slow re-entry into society. I came back with the Bona flu. Yeah. So you just now recover. Oh, I was awful Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. Um, but even at that, I, I don't quite know how to describe this one. It was good. It was a great festival. I'm looking forward to next year. I'm trying to make mental notes on what to do differently. But it was a it was a different one. It was a different one because there was it was there were so many highs and to me so many places where I was really underwhelmed. Yeah, underwhelmed agreed. in places that I didn't want to be underwhelmed. And I said this in one of the episodes, in the episode from camp. Uh, I missed on more of my can't misses, and I misjudged so many shows that I thought were going to be good. Um, I feel like I wasted a lot of time. I feel like I wasted and went to the wrong shows, and that's when I get really irritated with myself. Agreed, and I, I don't know how it gets fixed. I mean, you don't. It just you, you just you pick one and you go with it, and if you don't like it, you go to another one. Right. And you know, my problem was every time that I went to go to another one, that one sort of stunk too, yeah. and eventually just wore me down. And I just went started going to camp, and that's fine. 
It's, yeah, it, it's totally time. okay. We had lots of laughs. You know, I I, I hate that I miss Mac DeMarco. I hate that I miss a John Prine, but I I can't I can't be too upset about. You it. can't do it. No, you can't beat yourself up. Right. I do it every year. Well, good year, good season. Yeah, we don't I know we, what we the hell should, we talk about next year. We should mention the mailbox, the voices you oh, guys yeah. heard at the opening of the show. The there were we we had a mailbox at Camp Nut Butter this year, and and it got a lot of laughs, which we hoped. We we got stickers, we got candy, we got two cigarettes, jewelry, and I had put a uh, tape recorder in it. Yeah, number one, it didn't get stolen. Good. And we actually had two people leave voice messages, so yeah. that was all kinda, right. Well, this is uh, let's fun. finish let's finish season two. With the other voice message that we got from Camp Nut Butter's mailbox. All right. We'll uh, talk to you soon, I guess, when we figure out what else to talk about. All right. Yeah. All right. See you. I haven't really. Right, we're live, folks. I live in Colorado, but like, I don't know. I don't we're live. Like, what? We're live. Wow. Oh, oh damn. Oh, America. Uh, Welcome to that's unfair. I was not ready. Butter for this. 2018. Cardi B was the best thing that ever happened. <laughs> oh, is it recording? It is. No, it's definitely not recording. It's recording. I'm sorry. I meant it definitely is. (laughs) Did I say not? (laughs) Well, have a good day. A good day. Good night. Or a good Good night. Good year, I guess. Good year. Good life. Happy room. Happy room. Pick up your garbage. Till next time. Recycle. Recycle. Clean vibes will find you. Stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands this year that matter? Yay. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corner. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.